Welcome to Barbecue Radio Network, America's premier barbecue radio show. Join your host, two-time world champion, Andy Groneman and friends, as they sink their teeth into the finest grilling, smoking, and barbecue from coast to coast with the industry's leading pitmasters. Stay tuned for great tips, techniques, and products that will enhance your backyard experience by being a part of the Barbecue Radio Network. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to Barbecue Radio Network. I'm your host, Andy Groneman, along with executive producer T-Bone and my co-host, the grand champion of the American Royal, Todd Johns. Hey, that's me. That is you. <laughs> and, you know, I, I looked over to my left and it wasn't a cardboard statue of T-Bone. He's actually sitting there. He's alive. The last He's couple of weeks, all we could do was just sit down here and drink because we didn't have a producer. <laughs> That's great. And I mean, it, <laughs> now we get to drink with a producer. Yeah, it makes it even better. So <laughs> it's good to have you back, T-Bone. Thank you. Let me offer my apologies. I've been sick the last couple of weeks with some mystery infection we don't want to know uh yeah we, we don't want to know, <laughs> know. i'll just gout. leave it at it's that. gout it's just gout it's <laughs> but, all but I, gout. I, i'm okay now and uh, sorry for the the repeats that were put out there but uh just needed the recovery time thank well, you so much for your patience we appreciate it t-bone and we've got a fun guest today he's been tearing it up on the barbecue circuit for over a decade now and he's put the work in to become a kcbs team of the year uh, as well as winning the largest barbecue contest in the world i think you've on that one todd the american royal and it's the owner of porky butts barbecue blaine hunter will be here you can check blaine out on facebook at blaine.hunter or you can follow him on instagram or facebook through his restaurant at porky butts bbq and in our fourth segment we're going to talk with todd about briskets and specifically how to finish a brisket wrapping versus not wrapping and kind of how you want that brisket to finish it it is the challenge most challenging thing you can do i think for almost all of us in the backyard when we're cooking at home a brisket is intimidating it's a big expensive piece of meat yeah and you know, it's it's how you finish. It's how you land the plane, Andy. And that's so. what I was going to say. The brisket, especially right now with meat prices the way they've been, a brisket is an expensive piece of meat. Even, you know, uh, the lowest cost one you can find is expensive. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, you're dealing with a $60 piece of meat there. You don't want to screw it up. So, yeah, I had a, a co-worker doing his first brisket this last weekend. So, he was... Uh, pimping me for all kinds of tips and it turned out great so i thought hey we need to talk about that on the show yeah absolutely well we'll definitely hit on that in the fourth segment so what have you been up to lately what you got going on oh my gosh um you know i'm just enjoying summer i'm i'm just uh, doing a little cooking at home and uh now we've you know don't have the restaurants anymore just kind of enjoying a summer for once so it's been a long time well that's a hard thing to do when you're uh, buried under all of the summer barbecue sales that's right that's right exactly then going into uh, chief season and all that so it's been it's been quite a change of pace how about you you've been doing some international travel yeah i just got back from korea recently i know so. That and you know that was that was a wild experience. Um, Any live fire kind of experience over there? You got to? Oh yeah. So so of course I was over there with the USMEF, which is the Meat Export Federation, uh, teaching uh, American style barbecue, Kansas City style barbecue, uh, to some restaurants and and hotels over there that are wanting to integrate that into their menus. But of course, there's Korean barbecue and all of the 
amazing dishes there. So literally most of the places you go into have a huge power burner and some type of, of flat top grill at the table. So you're cooking something as part of your meal or somebody's cooking it at the table for you uh, everywhere you go. And so I got to integrate some of that into what I was teaching. Uh, it was great. The people were amazing. Yeah. Uh, the food was just off the charts good. Everything just had great flavors. And to me, the interesting thing was uh, so they're very protective of their agriculture, of anything that they can produce locally, they're protective of. So things like peppers, if you want to get chipotle powder there or even paprika, it's very hard to come up with those things because the the tax on them is high. So we had to take local peppers, figure out which ones equated to similar flavors, smoke them, roast them, grind them. But it was amazing. We were yeah, able to cool. come up with some really cool stuff uh, that way. So, and you found Yardbird over there. Yes. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that was <laughs> wild, right? So th- you can get Yardbird shakers there. Yeah. And, and what was so funny, so for you that guys that are listening, I'm, I'm in Seoul, Korea, which is about 14, 15 hours ahead. And I get down to the kitchen to start prepping for some of the work we're going to do that day. And I'd asked for several things, which I didn't think they would have any of. But one of them, of course, was Yardbird Rub because it's Yardbird Rub. That's right. We've been using it forever. Yardbird Rub. So we've been using it forever. And lo and behold, is packs two packs of Yardbird Rub. I had to send the picture to Todd at like (laughs) 630 in the morning from the kitchen uh, at the Grand Parnas Intercontinental Hotel. We are global, baby. We're global. global. That is exactly right. Well, it is time now for our Ask Andy segment, which is brought to you by Smoke on Wheels, Kansas City Bootleg Barbecue Sauce, which, of course, you can get at All Things Barbecue over at atbbq.com. And I have to remind everyone, leave us a question on our Facebook page or email it directly to T-Bone through the website, and you can get yourself a Barbecue Radio Network t-shirt when we use that on the air. So, T-Bone, what do you have for us? Uh, From Keith. Out of Milford, Kansas. All righty. Hey, Andy and crew. I left my Traeger out back last winter, and a mouse chewed a hole in my cover and decided to make its residence under the drip tray and never paid rent. I've cleaned out the nest, but the stank from the mouse is still present, even after running the smoker for an hour. Any ideas? Well, take it away, Andy. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's a good one. That is a tough one. So you said under the drip tray. Yeah, I know. That's what has me scratching and my head. I don't know if Keith means under the diffuser plate, which yeah. is where well, stuff yeah, drips yeah. onto. Yeah, so that could or be if considered he means, drip tray. Yeah, yeah, or if he means the where the liquid drips out at the bottom in a bucket. My guess would be not that. My guess is the mouse probably made home under the diffuser. All right. So there is a a square piece of metal there that houses the fire pot. And I would bet that either that fire pot or that metal, and it has holes in it to allow air to flow, uh, was part of that nesting area. And I bet that there is still some nest material in there and you need to actually Mm. unbolt the end of that and pull that fire pot out so that you can vacuum in there with your shop vac really well and make sure you've gotten everything out. And that you can access that area in your cooker because there is a um, 
a heating element there to ignite your pellets from the other end. And so you pull that out to access the heating element. And I bet if he does that, he'll be able to get in there and vac more of that out. Because I have a feeling that there's still some material in there. Uh, and then run that sucker at full tilt uh, with with everything in it and just let it, almost like you're reseasoning it, burn everything off, vac it out, and then reseason it with fresh oil uh, on all those parts that you've exposed to that nice hot uh, initial heat, and you should be good to go. What I would not do is power wash it. Correct. Keep, you know, if you wanted to get in there and scrub a little bit, that's okay uh, with a, you know, with a scrubber and a sponge or whatever. But yeah, I would not power wash that because there's all kinds of electronics that igniter does not like to get wet. So I wouldn't do that. Yeah, absolutely right. So definitely pull apart the fire pot, vac all of that out. Any place where you can get to that would have any amount of heat next to it at all. So even under your hopper. If they formed some nesting in there, the air there also gets hot because it pulls through the chamber. So you might even try and vac that out. But definitely don't use a power washer. Vac all those areas, put it all back together, heat it up, and you should be good to go. So thank you for your question, Keith. And we will get a t-shirt headed your way. Uh, Next segment, though, we are going to be talking with Blaine Hunter about his most recent grand championship call at Smokin' on Osage in Osceola, Missouri. We're going to see what his plans are for the WFC 2023, and that is the World Food Championships. And then we'll dig into his award-winning tips and techniques. Coming up, it's Blaine Hunter and Porky Butts Barbecue right here on Barbecue Radio Network. We build a grill, Holstein Manufacturing. You have a better recipe for when you grill. Better ingredients, better cuts of meat, and because you're using a grill from Holstein Manufacturing, well, a better grill. You take grilling seriously, and at Holstein Manufacturing, we make a serious grill. Find your new grill now at HolsteinMFG.com. We build a grill, Holstein Manufacturing. Holstein Manufacturing, we build a grill. Welcome back to the award-winning Barbecue Radio Network. I'm Andy G, along with executive producer T-Bone and my co-host, Plowboy's own Todd Johns. And we've got a returning guest this week. He's the owner of Porky Butts Barbecue in Omaha, Nebraska. And of course, over the last decade, he's had his share of wins out on the barbecue circuit. He's been a KCBS Team of the Year and grand champion of the world's largest contest, the American Royal Open. Blaine Hunter is joining us today, hot off a win in Osceola, Missouri. Welcome to the show, Blaine. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> well, I think last time you were on, I was traveling, but you and Todd were talking about meatloaf, and uh, I'm not—I don't want to know. There, there's probably a few jokes that uh, I could make there, but probably not on the radio. We got to save those. <laughs> I'm sure it was a very—I'm sure it was a very exciting, <laughs> compelling conversation about meatloaf. So. But yeah, but you've—you've you've gotten uh, some time to get back really into competitive cooking and doing some competitions again and tell us a little bit about coming Blaine in on back day, yeah coming in on yeah. day two of a double header and then winning the gc down there at smoking on osage yeah no i um i woke up about a month ago and realized that nobody in the state of nebraska had a jack girl so i've been pushing hard and i actually had to work friday and saturday as a pitmaster at the restaurant so i worked saturday morning and uh 
till nine o'clock and then jumped in my car and drove four and a half hours and and I'm going to divert a second just because sometimes people don't understand. They think owning a barbecue restaurant or being a pit master is, is this glorious thing. Glamorous. And, and, glamorous. and glamorous and beautiful. And what time were you at the restaurant this morning playing pit master? 3.30 this morning. Yes. So everybody that is thinking about that hustle and, and doing the barbecue restaurant and, and doing that craft phenomenal cook the 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 amount of effort there is uh, is not forgotten so blaine was up at 3 30 this morning so we love the fact that he's here with us right now but to to digress back to to winning the gc at osceola i <laughs> to saw digress back yeah. to like just winning a barbecue competition I mean. well it's so easy yeah it's so I mean. easy to do right I, well, I saw some of the comment cards coming out of that event. So there were some pretty wild comment cards that have been showing up on Facebook from teams that were there. So t- tell me a little bit about the win, though. How how did that go for you? Yeah, no, I mean, we, we cruised down to, to Osceola and got set up. And I mean, it was a normal cook on Sunday. And I was happy with everything until I got to pork. And it was an absolute disaster. I mean, it was struggling. I mean it took everything I had to get, uh, get six money muscles in the box and, and some pulled and just put a box together. And I was almost a little embarrassed of it, but I mean, I did everything I could to turn in the best meat and we had pulled a sixth place pork and added a first place brisket, which was absolutely the, probably the best brisket I've made in two years. And yeah, we're lucky enough to pull the GC off. Oh, that's awesome. And you know, it's the amount of work that goes into getting, you know, ready to roll, for our contest and getting everything together because it is different than the restaurant cook. But you had mentioned uh, just a second ago that really the driver was that nobody from Nebraska was in for the jack yet. And let, let's just explain to everybody listening real quick kind of what what that means or what that process is. So the Jack Daniels World Invitational is uh, bringing grand champions from all over the country and globe to Lynchburg, Tennessee, and they want representation from every state. So could you kind of explain what the what the driver there is and kind of the position that you're in right now headed into that? Yeah, no, I mean, they, you know, they draw someone. So what they draw for a winner from every contest, and then they draw for the home state draw if they don't draw someone from your state. And I noticed that no one in my state had won a contest, and there's not a lot of people competing. So last minute, the last four weeks, I just started pushing real hard to get into the jack, and, you know, we, we ultimately got in, or got in the draw, I should say, because I wanted to make sure that someone from Nebraska was represented. Um, hopefully we got three guys cooking this weekend, and maybe one of them could get a win, and there'd be multiple people in the the actual draw but um yeah no i, I really want to i'm I, jack Daniels is a special place and i really like to win it someday so you cannot win it if you're not there so we've, <laughs> really, we've been pushing we've been pushing pretty hard and i've i've actually had two rgcs and the gc in my last four cooks trying to get there so it's been it's been pretty frustrating <laughs> but to actually get a win and actually get in the draw so we're excited for the this week and you know the pass and then the you know the actual Draw next, uh, I think August third. Yeah, uh, well, there are people that travel all over the country to find the little spots where there's only one one contest, or you know, uh, only one person in that state, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I.e. Brad Leninger. <laughs> <laughs> 
Who may or may not have signed you up for World Food Championship. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows what he saw signing me up for this year. You know, congratulations for crossing that low bar of being the only person in Nebraska with a GC. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah, I know it's a it's it's been a rough year for the guys in Nebraska because we only got about five guys that are actually cooking and. There's been some struggles by all of us, including myself. Well, um, and so. the number of contests available that are qualifiers has dropped up there too. Extremely. So, yeah. I, what's left uh, within? What's left within two hours of you up there? There's there's only two in Nebraska. There's a couple up in South Dakota. Um, Iowa's really pushing and doing a great yeah, job. Pushing they had one contests. in Sioux City. Yeah, they've they never had all. one in Sioux City. They got them all over. I mean, I did one in Spencer, Iowa. Uh, I did one in um, my stomping grounds. Yeah, and then I did one in Worthington, Minnesota, and then I just had one over in Council Bluffs. It's it's actually on the more east of Council Bluffs, up in the the Los Hills. It was actually a fun contest, and the organizer. Hopefully, they grow it into something special because it's a great contest. Yeah, that would be good because that it just seems like. Overall, the number of contests, because we used to go up and, and cook a lot up in Iowa and Nebraska, and it just seems like that the number of events up there have shrunken over the years. And I don't cook as much as uh, contest-wise as we used to because, you know, I just, it, it's like like we were talking about, it's, it's so much uh, effort and work to put that together and to get enough cooks to get the draw that you want and get the opportunity, like... Uh, for a Kansas draw, I don't know how many Kansas teams would be in the Kansas State draw. Uh, and yeah. I think 11 or 12, I actually got the Kansas State draw, which nobody expects, right? You're just you're just assuming you didn't get in at that point. Yeah. <laughs> and I even had, I had one of mine in Wisconsin. I had that Milwaukee contest that they mm-hmm. did downtown uh, yeah. in the uh, Martin Luther King, the MLB business district. Uh, when, when we won that one, you know, I thought, oh man, that's two wins in Wisconsin for me. I think there were only three contests at the time. I'm like, this is going to be great. I got, you know, a two and three Got shot. Wisconsin on lock. Nope. Not happening. Nope. I think q got that one or Probably. something. <laughs> but well, I've, I've, had, I've had a 50-50 shot, I think two or three times and I've, I've lost it. Every, I've never been drawn for the Jack. So I've made it twice by winning my way there, but I've never actually been drawn yeah well i have a feeling this year you're getting a getting one of those draws so we're uh, we're putting it out there into the universe for you (laughs) so just real quickly though i have a question in just 10 seconds what are you using for briskets these days since you nailed that oh sticker farms i mean i've been partner with them for years and that's what i use in my restaurant um yeah no i just and i actually just use the ones from the restaurant so are you running blacks or golds I'm running blacks for my restaurant. Nice. Well, that's awesome. Well, of course, we are talking with Blaine Hunter from Porky Butts Barbecue. You can follow all of his content on social media at Porky Butts Barbecue or sign up for their finger licking good newsletter on the Porky Butts website, PorkyButtsBBQ.com. Talking to Blaine Hunter more next right here on Barbecue Radio Network. Barbecue Radio Network is heard on radio stations from Hawaii to Florida. If you have a business centered around barbecue or the backyard lifestyle, please consider advertising with us. Contact us through our Facebook page or website at bbqradionetwork.com.
Welcome back to Barbecue Radio Network with my co-host Todd Johns, our executive producer T-Bone, and I'm Andy G. And we're back talking with Blaine Hunter, barbecue champion and the pitmaster and owner of Porky Butts Barbecue in Omaha, Nebraska. Thanks so much, Blaine. Uh, you are getting ready to bring some products to market, aren't you? Am I wrong? Yeah. or I, I know I've heard inklings. Or maybe yeah, you've no. seen a bottle. Yeah, no, we've been working on a. We got our sauce that we use at the restaurant. We sell in retail form now. We just uh, distribution has been an issue for me, and I just I need to get someone out there and start pushing it to the actual market. And uh, once I get that figured out, I, it'll be available for the general public. What's are you just doing the one sauce or multiple? So I, we have three different levels of sauces yeah. at the restaurant that vary and, uh, you know, from sweetness up to a little bit more heat. And um, I've actually been working on a, a mustard sauce for the restaurant as well. So at some point we'll see that release. That'll be cool. Todd was just talking about mustard sauces, yeah. uh, what, a couple <clears throat> weeks yeah, a few, back. Yeah, a few weeks ago, yeah. Mustard sauces are hard. I mean, sauces in general are hard. They, they change so much from when you're – you know, mixing them up to cooking them to letting them chill and set for a couple of weeks. They like they change. So making yeah. sauce is a hard game. No, it's absolutely a hard game, and it's just you know getting consistent product to make that sauce anymore is is a hard game. So you have a consistent bottled product. Yeah, yeah. yeah the ingredients are tough. Yeah, the ingredients are ter- terribly tough. Every part of that supply chain, honestly, you get you get a little bit of that going because. Whether you're trying to do glass or something that's a hot pack plastic, and then you have to change them and caps and I was having problems getting labels because they didn't have laminate for the labels. Like it's yep. just yeah, been so rough. so there's still a lot of supply chain issues out there that uh, when you're trying to do small batch, high quality product, you just kind of get stuck in those details a little bit sometimes. But you know that. We'll look for that to show up. I want to see that uh, available in some of the stores and out on the website, and it'll be awesome to see those out there because uh, the product's great. So what uh, as we're heading into the, the heat of summer here, what are some your favorite recipes that we could share with our listeners to tackle in the backyard on the grill? So, so, so on the backyard on the grill, I, my family and I, we, we've lately been doing a lot of pork. Um, so with competition season been brewing um the way i trim my pork now i'm trimming a lot of actually i cut pork steaks off on my butts so my family and i've been eating a lot of pork steak and uh, i'm i've tested it hot and fast and low and slow and 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 we're just loving it just grilling it and charring it up and actually throwing some porky butt sassy sauce on it and enjoying it but uh yeah that pork's been a hot item for us this year and i and are you are you cutting those pork steaks uh, how thick do you go on those? You go like an inch and are you doing that at the restaurant or are you having your butcher do that? So I'm doing it at the restaurant for, uh, for when I trim, but, um, I'm, I, I started real thin cause I was grilling them and I was grilling them hot. So I didn't, I, I wanted them thinner so they'd finish quicker, but I just keep getting thicker and thicker and thicker. And this last time I, I cut them almost, they were probably an inch and a half and uh grilled them and they, they they came out great i loved it i mean we just went real basic on the seasoning too it was salt and pepper and a little paprika it's almost and like it a, was a, almost like a pork chop meets a, a yeah. t-bone or something hey yeah I, I just think <laughs> t-bone <laughs> i just think they have so much more fat on them and it's just the flavor is so much better than just a lean you know chop yeah and it is something that you're going to take the temp up on to get that fat rendering and to get the the texture right 
So it's it's a little bit more forgiving on the grill too, and you know when 100%. it's funny because we just shot a, a video doing some pork steaks, and I'd posted some. I was just jacking around and and had some that I was going to practice on at home, and it is so funny how many people just remember growing up grilling, and you know their parents just hammering pork steaks on the grill because it was an inexpensive cut that could feed the whole family and everybody seems to have a good memory of just a solid pork steak uh that was grilled and glazed up and sauced up right on the grill hot and fast um and because it was visceral almost the responses from people they're like oh gosh gotta try that right now or that looks amazing or i love a pork steak it was it was funny and especially right now with food costs the way they are being able to take a pork shoulder and slice it into those those steaks. And if you don't see them at the store, uh, for our listeners, go ahead and buy that pork butt and walk over to the meat counter, and they'll usually slice it for you right there if you still have a meat counter. If you're not buying a prepackaged uh, product that's coming in, if you've still got uh, a meat counter, you can go right to that butcher and ask them to slice that pork butt, and they'll do it for you right there. Another another great summer pork that I love is a pork burger. So buy that same pork butt, but then get your grinder out and and grind it up. And man, a pork burger is solid. Yeah, no, I pork burgers are actually funny story. You say that, and I don't mean to change the subject, but my first ever job in the, the the cooking world was at a. It was called the Pork Barn at the Houston Rodeo, and we made pork burgers. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so I ate a lot of pork burger in my life. That is. I can't, the Houston Rodeo had a pork burger stand. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was a vending stand in the middle of the, uh, the, the where they showed animals and first ever job, cutting onions at the pork stand. That is wild. <laughs> I just can't but, imagine a pork burger stand at the Houston Rodeo. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's months all that beef. Yeah. But I, you know, right. I remember it, uh, one of the cool things from Koshan, which is an all pork festival, was Creekstone at one point in time was doing a tartar bar pop up in the at the Koshan event, right? So they were like the only beef at the event. It was pretty funny stuff. But you know, when you're cooking that pork steak, what temperature are you cooking it at, and what are you pulling it at to get that texture that you want? So, so you know, I used to cook it just like I cook. I mean, I was cooking it at 275, smoking it for, you know, until I got the color I wanted, wrapping it. And then I just recently started doing just full hot. I mean, I'm doing it as hot as I can get my, and I'm actually going to test it next week. I'm, I have a pizza I'm going to test in there, but I've been doing as hot as I can get it and charring it and then doing a, like a two-stage grill and moving over to the, the end and finishing it. So, and I take it up to about 145. I'm not going too crazy and then just let it rest. Um, I like mine with a little pink, and I'm sure you guys are, probably freaking out having but um yeah no no, no uh, that's actually uh and that gives you a little bit of tooth on it too right because you'll have a little bit of chew at 145 chew, on yeah. it yeah because i love that chewy fat in there. <laughs> I, I, I think it's great and and, and and i like to char it a little bit so you get a little of that you know that black crust, dark yeah. crust on it yeah and, so I and it, actually darren worth is the one that turned me on this because i always grew up in texas we we cooked them a little slower almost like a, a pork butt and you know we cooked them for two hours and it was two inches thick and it kind of just fell apart like a pork butt and then he turned me on this grilling technique i'm like there's no way you can do it and i started grilling it and grilling it and almost like a pork chop and it's been i love it man it, that, that char flavor you get is just you can't beat it 
and do you sauce it all and, and kind of char and get some caramelization on that going into finish or do you just do it straight off of whatever you've rubbed it with no yeah i, I always finish it with char and that's my favorite part that that burnt fat with the the, the caramelized with the sassy sauce the, on it oh yeah that's i mean that's the best part i think yeah so, so you get all you get all that like caramelizing smell off the grill too and it just absolutely it just like yeah. makes you want to jump in there and eat that and i think that's yeah. what gives me hungry that. by the way <laughs> yeah right and and, and the, the pictures that we put on the on the web when i was doing them that's exactly what we do we get that nice char on those edges and you get that flavor and smell and yep. i think that's people have a reaction to that they see that and it takes them right back to it yeah absolutely well that is awesome you know thank you so much blaine and don't forget, you can follow him on all the social media outlets. You can find him on Instagram or Facebook to follow what he's doing at Porky Butts BBQ and sign up for the finger licking good newsletter on his website at PorkyButtsBBQ.com. Coming up, we are going to be talking to Todd and we're going to talk to Todd a little bit about finishing brisket. You know, we want to come into this last segment and we were talking about beef and uh, and bringing that out real quick, Blaine. Give me a ten second. How do you like to finish your brisket, wrapped or unwrapped? Uh, wrapped. I mean, I'm I'm pretty much wrapped at the restaurant and in competition. All right. Well, now we know. So we've got the fodder for the next segment. Thanks again, Blaine. And coming up next, we're going to talk finishing brisket with Todd right here on Barbecue Radio Network. If you're sick with COVID-19 or think you might have it, take steps to help protect other people from getting sick. Stay home except to get medical care. Call the doctor before visiting. Separate yourself from others who live with you. Wear a cloth face covering to protect others. Cover your coughs and sneezes with a tissue and clean your hands right away. Avoid sharing items with other people in your home. This includes things like towels and bedding. Be sure dishes are washed in hot water or the dishwasher before anyone else uses them. Stay aware of how you feel. If you start to have difficulty breathing or if you're worried about your health, call your doctor. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. Welcome back to Todd and Andy here on Barbecue Radio Network. This segment is brought to you by Holstein Manufacturing. Check them out at HolsteinMFG.com. They have NSF certified cookers and grills, and of course, my favorite, the corn roasters. And don't forget, they've got awesome mobile event and catering rigs as well. Check them out at HolsteinMFG.com. Man, pork steaks. I'm pork. still feeling it right here in my soul. Pork burgers. I yeah. just want all the porky things right now. So That's why he's porky butts. That's right. That's right. Well, and of course, I off air when we were talking about pork burgers... I want to do a lumpia pork burger. A lumpia. Really yeah. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Pork burgers, man. I haven't had one of those in a long time, but they it's so different than a regular hamburger and they're great. So yeah, I'm going to have to get my grinder out and grind up a pork butt and make some pork burgers. Yeah. Got to do that. Got to do that. Well, it's time now for our all things barbecue product spotlight. All Their right. website is atbbq.com. All Things Barbecue has all the tools and accessories you need to take your barbecue to the next level. So get your pit fired up and get the supplies you need to do it all at All Things Barbecue. 
www.atbbq.com. So, Todd, you've got a product to share with us. We do have a product to share, Andy. And so we're going to talk about finishing briskets and something that's become really popular over the last, I don't know, few years, maybe even several years, is wrapping in butcher paper. Like, I never heard of that, you know, coming up through barbecue and and, uh, you know, you'd use foil or you wouldn't wrap. A lot of people use, you know, pink paper, butcher paper. Yep. So uh, All Things Barbecue has All Things Barbecue branded a butcher paper that you can get. And it's the ATBBQ pink butcher paper. Comes in either a 100-foot roll for $29.99 or for $10 more, you get a 200-foot roll. And that's a 24-inch wide roll. 100 foot for $29.99 pink butcher paper from All Things Barbecue. And the key there is pink butcher paper. Right. And the reason you don't want to use white butcher paper is because it's been bleached and processed instead of being the raw peach paper or the pink paper, as it's called. So when you're wrapping and cooking in it, you stay away from the the white kind of counter wrap butcher paper. Yep. And you also want to make sure that it doesn't have any wax coating, which of course that is set up perfectly for you to to wrap your briskets and toss them right back in your pit. Yep. Yep. So yeah, the waxy the waxy paper too, you gotta watch out for. Um so yeah, there's butcher paper from all things barbecue. So let's talk about finishing some briskets. Yes. So I had a I had a coworker contact me this week. He's gonna do his first brisket. And so, um, you know, you get the you get the common questions like, well, how long and what temperature? And you know, my first question back is always, "What are you cooking on?" Yeah, exactly. And so it was a pellet grill, and so you know, on a on a regular pellet grill is usually a top shelf. So if you're going to do a low and slow, try to use that top shelf if you can. Um, and so we were talking about finish temperature, and I said, okay, here's the thing: on a brisket, your finish temperature is going to be a range. And so, again, I can't answer that until I know what you're cooking on, but also what are you cooking with? So, are you cooking with a brisket that you just got at Costco and you brought it home, you opened it up, trimmed it up and seasoned it? Or is this something that's, you know, is it just a a choice brisket that you just got from Costco? Is this a prime brisket? Is it a Wagyu brisket? Is it something that's been aging for a while, which you know a lot about? Yep. So, if you've been wet aging this in your beer fridge out in the garage for 28 days it's gonna have a, a what's whole a beer different... fridge <laughs> i have heard of these things <laughs> <clears throat> they're usually for you and i it's the barbecue fridge that you put your beer in but yeah yeah i was gonna <laughs> say meat fridge it's the vice fridge it might have other right, alcohol in right it. yeah there could be a bottle of of uh, vodka in the freezer we don't well, know and but and so you have to another... marinate you have to marinate and and deglaze the cook every now and then too well absolutely you do um here's another interesting thing though the hotter you cook your brisket at the higher the finish temperature yeah. will be because that longer slower cook breaks it down more over time so the temperature doesn't have to get as hot to finish that breakdown so if they're doing a 12 hour cook it might be in the lower end of that range, in the 200 range, if it they're cooking at 300 or 350, it might be all a 215 or 216 right. by the time that brisket's right, done. Right, right. So, so you know, we so we talked about what his cooking process was going to be, and he, and he had a you know brisket that he just got from Costco and whatever. And so, um, I said, so here's the thing, you you want to look for typically probably a finished temperature range of 195 to 205. You're probably going to be in that range. 
once you get in that range, start probing it and it's got to feel good. It can't just be at that, you know, temperature um, because one brisket could be really, really nice and finished at 195 and the other one's got to go a lot hotter. So probe across the grain in a 45 degree angle and make sure that probe is going in like nice and smooth on a green brisket. It's going to rest, and as it rests, it'll typically tighten back up on you. Yeah, absolutely. So really, you want it to feel really, really done with the probe if you're going to rest it for a couple of hours, and which he did. And so then the question is, do you wrap it? Do you not wrap it? How do you wrap it? And so he was used to um, a no-wrap brisket, uh, you know, that kind of Texas-style bark um, you know, really barky and, and dark. And, and and I'd say that is probably when when somebody asks me that, I'm that's usually what I ask them. How do you like the yes. the crust on your brisket? Do you want something that is dark and crispier and and has more of that pepper bite on the outside, or do you want something a little bit softer and redder in color or a little bit richer that is still a bark, but it isn't crunchy or yeah or blackened if you will yeah yeah both very very good just very very different so what are you trying to shoot for and so we talked about wrapping and putting some liquid in and, and actually braising to finish and which is typical in competition barbecue and so because he had never done that before i thought well, well i'm going to send him down that direction and so the the easiest way to 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 do this is Get a get a can of Campbell's beef consomme. Yeah, just a, a can of soup, beef consomme. It's got gelatin added, which is what you're doing when you're making brisk. When you're cooking brisket, you're breaking that down, creating that gelatin, that collagen within the brisket. So, um, wrap your brisket, and before you go to close it up, put a can of of beef consomme in there, and let that finish braising in that liquid now some of your bark's going to come off it's not going to be like if you you know didn't know wrap or a butcher paper butcher paper is going to allow it to breathe a little bit it's it's not going to wash that bark off as much but uh you know one of the best ways i love doing brisket at home is to wrap it in that beef consomme let it finish out and then reserve the liquid and eat it as like a brisket French dip. Oh yeah, it is the best, the best. It'll you change get your life. All of that, you get all of that smokiness from the brisket cook in it. And again, if you wrap tightly, you'll still maintain plenty of your bark because if you wrap it too loosely, steam will form and you'll steam away the bark. Uh, but wrapping it nice and tightly, especially if you're in foil. You can maintain some of that bark structure. It won't be crunchy or crispy, but it'll still have, you'll still see the pepper flex. You'll still see that edge to it. Yeah, good point. And we talked a little bit about that. And I said, when you wrap, don't just put it in an aluminum pan and cover it up. Bingo. That's not really what I'm talking about. You want, as you said, a really tight wrap so that you don't have all of this area where steam can collect and then you're pounding, you know, that, that piece of meat with steam. So yeah, braising is the key. You don't want to pound it with steam. You want that liquid to just roll inside the foil mm-hmm. and really braise that meat and finish it. And it doubles down on the flavor. And like you said, the best thing to do is to make a big French onion uh. soup uh, with that all of that juice the next day. And 
It's I like to pull even the fat off the top of that and then take that and reserve it back and put it with my tallow and you get like a smoky beef fat with your tallow. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, cut slice your brisket when you're just about ready to serve, put it back in the liquid and let it hot tub in there a little bit and it'll absorb some of that back too. So again, very different than a Texas style, but good way yeah, to go. So if you like that Texas style, you can leave it open or butcher paper wrap. You'll get that richer, peppery, or darker bark. If you like that softer bark, but a, a little bit more of a nuanced flavor and color, then you're going to want to do like a, a wrap with that consomme. That is a great way to start. Well, we want to thank Blaine Hunter for being on the show again. Follow him on his social media at Porky Butts Barbecue on Instagram. And on the Book of Faces, you can check him out there as well. On his website, it is PorkyButtsBBQ.com. And don't forget to head on over to ATBBQ and pick up our sauce of the month, Kansas City Smoke on Wheels bootleg sauce. Thank you all for joining us. And next week, we're excited to bring you Mark Lambert of Sweet Swine of Mine. For T-Bone Todd and myself, thanks for tuning in. We'll keep the pits lit till next time here on Barbecue Radio Network. I'm staying. Finishing my coffee. We build a grill, Holstein Manufacturing. You have a better recipe for when you grill. Better ingredients, better cuts of meat, and because you're using a grill from Holstein Manufacturing, well, a better grill. You take grilling seriously, and at Holstein Manufacturing, we make a serious grill. Find your new grill now at HolsteinMFG.com. We build a grill, Holstein Manufacturing. Holstein Manufacturing, we build a grill.